Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. Clark Kent. One Cal-El. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 212. We're boiling. That's a lot of, that's a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. Every time I look at the number, I'm like, that's a lot. That's many of them. Yeah, it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. We... Can't stop, won't stop. I guess so. Have you eclipsed this yet with Simpsons? Mm-hmm. It, You're a podcasty boy. Mm-hmm. I, uh, there's something wrong with me. You have words in you. <laughs> Even when it's about bad Simpsons. Eh, I, I I have enjoyed your, uh, what, season 10 teardowns? Super Bowl episode this week, some Vincent Price egg magic. I have. I don't think I've seen that one. For some reason, it doesn't stand out to me. It's over on the Simpsons show. As of the time anyone's listening to this, they can go listen to my opinions about the Super Bowl episode of the Simpsons. We're talking about comic books in this in this podcast, though. Not the Simpsons. Not the, well. I mean, it happens, but mostly comic books. Uh, we are discussing Secret Empire in Nerbo Book Club this week uh, by Nick Spencer and. Many artists, I think seven or eight of them. Seven million. There's a lot. It's a lot of artists for ten issues of a book. It seems like ten is not that many, but there's... It felt like a lot when I was reading it. It does, <laughs> it does feel like a lot at times. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Uh, first, we have comic books that came out in the past couple weeks to talk about. Right, Eric? I believe so. Okay. I, I just need you. I need your verification to make sure I'm not going crazy. Sometimes you want to talk about going crazy. You said that Simpsons episode was up, and I checked for it because I don't understand how publishing works <laughs> and things happen later. <laughs> yes, this will be out after. Yes, but okay. Yeah, time. It's a complicated thing. Sometimes time. time. I don't understand timelines. Uh, we can we can start the show with our first segment. It's time for floppies for nightly. Uh, floppies for nightly the ff that's where eric and i will read a selection of the uh, past couple weeks books to tell you to buy or do not buy them there may or may not be a mush meter involved if we are feeling mushy uh our first book of the week or, or our first book of this week is action comics 1000 that's a that's a big number that's a fair few talking about 212 that's a thousand is a lot that's a lot of them huh i guess so We'll uh, we'll we'll wear red underwear uh, after a thousand podcasts too. Uh, yeah, and this has it is a eighty pages with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different uh, stories with mm-hmm. written by written. Let's see, by Dan Jurgens, Peter J. Damasi, Marv Wolfman, 
Oof, um, losing track. Two, of two, my two, Jeff just Johns, too Richard Donner, Scott Snyder, Tom King, Lewis Simonson, Paul Dini, Brad Meltzer, Brian Michael Bendis, with art by even more people: Dan Jurgens, uh, Patrick Gleason. Uh, there's pinups: Kurt Swan, uh, Oliver Coypel, Raphael Albuquerque, Clay Mann, Jerry Ordway. Uh, Jose Luis Gar- Garcia Lopez, uh, John Cassidy, Jim Lee, in inks and colors by even more people. Whew, it's a lot. It's a lot. You're out of breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, of all this, is this that's it's a lot. It's not like this is not a uh, like normal issue of Action Comics. This is like hey, it's a, like a little like a celebration of Superman, uh, giving you know kind of a I don't know a almost an anthology of a lot of different writers and artists giving their take, giving them a, like an eight page story or something uh, about Superman. You are you, are you more positive than negative? Eric? I think so, but I think it's mostly off of coming off of this week's um, nerd boy book club. It felt really good to read this like pure wonder bread, Superman comic. Mm-hmm, that's true. It was just like digesting simple carbs after having a stomach flu. It's like Ritz crackers. Mm-hmm. Superman is Ritz crackers. Yeah, he's buttery enough. Yep. I mean, I, I think some of the stories are better than others. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I, I like more of them than I dislike, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Coy... Oliver... Olivia, Olivia, I can never say his name really well, but... Oliver Coypel? Yeah, but or it's... That's but not even a, that hard to say. But there's an extra I in there. I'm never sure it's Olivier, Olivier Coypel, because he's French, I think. So, okay. Well, I don't maybe know. it is. Maybe. Never heard... I never hear people say their names out loud, but he can draw... There's a lot of really good artists in this that draw very pretty Superman. Um... The story, some of the stories are they're, they're ultimately all of them are like, hey, man, Superman cares about people, uh, and he wants to help. Um, you're you're not gonna. There's not. I don't know. Aside from the, the very last story, all of these are very saccharine and sweet. Uh, I think that last story is the most interesting one ultimately because Brian Michael Bendis is going to be writing the man Man of Steel, mm-hmm. and it kind of feels like the only one with any kind of stakes for that reason. Right. And what that is it's a very small like taste of what we're going to be getting with Bendis on in Superman. And I felt it was very strange because it didn't feel like a normal Bendis comic to me. Um for one of it for one Superman is barely in it. He is a, a unconscious body <laughs> for the almost the entirety of the story with a, a couple of ladies who are helping him uh or actually do most of the dialogue. And I don't, I don't know. It's, it's Bendis and Jim Lee. That's a, those are pretty big names to put together. Yeah, that's true. I care about one of them far more than the other. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm interested to see what Bendis does with Superman in an academic sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't. It's, I'm not excited about it. I don't like. I haven't been excited about a, a Bendis comic in a long time because, you know, after a while, he starts off books really hot. With really interesting ideas, and then they just kind of exist, and nothing much actually happens, and then they kind of whimper away, peter out. I'm 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 curious to see because it's Bendis. I want to see what he does with the Superman comic, but I was not expecting 
the little tiny story we get in this to be look at this genocidal Kryptonian thing stabbing Superman in the chest. That's not really what I think about when I think about Bendis. Um, but we'll see. I'm a buy on this comic. I think everyone who's gonna like it was a big event when it you know so mm-hmm. it's it's it is it's nice. It's a it's a nice book. You pat it on its head and tell it it's a good boy. So are you you're a you're a buy, Eric? Um, I'm I am a buy on Ritz Crackers and Superman 1K. Okay, so that's a double buy. Action Comics number one thousand. Next up is the Hunt for Wolverine number one, uh, with two stories, both written by Charles Soule, with art by David Marquez, Paulo Siqueira, um, Rochelle Rosenberg, and Walden Wong. Um, they don't have individual credits on this. They just list them everyone together, just to be on letters. Um. So that Wolverine, he's back alive. Mm-hmm. That's been established some time ago. It has been. It's been a while now. Now. We're, now we're going back and talking about it. Now we're going like, hey, remember when he was in that one comic you bought? And it's been four years since we read Death of Wolverine. 2014. That's a long time ago, it seems. Yeah. We are so innocent. That's unreal. Yeah, I know. I wasn't married. Yeah, wow, geez. I was not, I was not yet married in 2014. This book is hey, uh, Wolverine's back alive. Um, this is a, a little bit about the X Men and some Reavers. Them going, what happened? And then and then they go, oh, Wolverine's alive. I don't know. It's not that this book is bad. It just doesn't feel necessary. Um, I guess that's certainly true, but. I don't know. For, I'm almost like nostalgic for revisiting this, and I can't tell you why I like it. I just I want X Men stories that aren't garbage. This is an X Men story that's not garbage. I think Charles Sewell is a good writer. Um, I, I don't know. I had some fun reading this, so I I can't bring myself to hate it. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't hate it. Yeah, I just I, don't. I, I I get like, oh, you know, I'm, if I'm going to spend twenty dollars on comics this week, is this really worth it? For me, maybe. You know, it didn't knock my socks off, but I had a good time with it. I mean, I'm always down for people fighting Reavers. Mm-hmm. I think the Reavers are excellent X Men villains. One of my favorite, one of my favorites of their gallery, the Rogues Gallery. I think the Reavers are fun, and this has a great cast of X-Men in it, but it doesn't do any, like if I, I, like I already know going in, yeah, Wolverine's still, uh, Wolverine's alive. We've seen it. We've seen him in, uh, is it Marvel legacy? Number one, you know, he has a beer and he's, he kills some, but I forget who the, he stabbed somebody, but some nobody. And he had a, what a jerk. He had an infinity stone and he was stabbing a person, whatever. So we know he's alive. So, it's not that like oh I need them to big do a big reveal or a big surprise. It's just there's nothing in this that is like gives me new like meaning behind mm-hmm. any. It's just like hey you know what you're getting. I I'm a do not buy. I don't. This is like you said. It's this is five dollars, mm-hmm. and I'm it's not worth five dollars to me. You know I want. The art in it is like if you're there's nothing so spectacular in it. I go, oh man, five dollars, no problem. Mm-hmm. That's kind of 
cold economics to me, but it's it, some at the end of the day, that's where I'm at. No, it's a thing that I can absolutely respect, but for me, this is like this is like a sentimental favorite. That's all, you know, like. Well, okay. I love Wolverine. I love the X Men. This is this is admittedly not a great book. I enjoyed it. I say, you know, go for it. You know, I I had a pretty okay time reading it. I I I I liked it. Okay, Eric, I'll ask you another question. Then follow up. Mm-hmm. There will be, I if at the minimum five more books in this same vein. Mm-hmm. Would you want to read them? Because there are. They're not called one for Wolverine, but they're called for, you know, it's all like, hey, remember Wolverine, and hey, let's go find Wolverine. Like, it's just going to be... How many have these books actually been announced? Because I'm not following that. They've all been announced. There's a... I, I retweeted Jesus. a big info, infographic about it because it reminded me of... Uh, I'm going to your Twitter right the hell now. There's a Poochie. It reminded me of Poochie because uh, everyone... I think I mean it all it, comes back the, to Poochie. It does come back to Poochie. It's an it's an old tweet. It's probably like weeks old at this point. Just I I just found it March twenty third. March twenty. There you go. No, I uh, actually damn. Um, I am kind of interested in seeing a Mariko Tamaki and probably a Jim Sub book too on this. I mean, I'm not gonna say that any of the stuff is like super amazing. Are you saying that these are five separate books? They're not. No. No, no, it's four separate miniseries. Yeah. Plus this one. So there's there's a 1 through 4 in each of these yes. in, in each of these books. Yeah, correct. That's silly. I I don't know that I need that much of it, but like I'm I'm not not interested, particularly Mariko Tamaki like she I think I I don't know. I enjoy her writing and I think Seeing her write Wolverine anything would be just so weirdly juxtaposed. I just want to see it. Yes, I, I'd be curious to see her writing uh, the the villain book. Mm-hmm. See how that turns out. But ultimately, I know where all this leads. It leads to Wolverine, and I'll buy I'll buy that book. But I, unless I just you know it 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 feels another like books that are just like you I, know Robbie the. It's more about the journey. It's the friends we make along the way. <laughs> I'm a do it's not the buy. Beers we drink along the way. I'm a do not buy on the hunt for Wolverine Bob. number one. Eric is a buy, I assume. You straight yes. up a buy. Okay. You can you can assume that, Bob. <laughs> Are you gonna see Bob a bunch more times today? Is that the Nah, nah, nah Bob. That's not in the cards, Bob. <laughs> Split decision on the hunt for Wolverine number one. Speaking of Wolverine, it is time for Exiles number two. Mm-hmm. It is indeed that time. Art, uh, let's see, writers, uh, Saladin Ahmed, pencils, Javier Rodriguez, inks, Alvaro Lopez, colors, Chris O'Halloran, letters, Joe Caramagna. There's a Wolverine in this one. There is. L- Lil, Lil Wolvie. Lil Wolvie is in this. Mm-hmm. I, I think I like this more than that uh, first issue. I, I remembered you being a little down on it, and I got to this, and I'm like, I'm like, this is exactly what I want. This is this is this is my book currently. I'm 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 into this. I, I this feel is like the, this is the Marvel universe I want. This is yeah. This feels I don't know. It I felt like that first book is a little too self serious and a little bit uh, like I I didn't read it as such. I read it as more or less this. 
You know, I mean, it's setting up a lot of high stakes, but I felt this kind of playfulness coming from it. Maybe it's just the um, presence of Lil Wolverine and the Valkyrie fighting fire giants. It uh, mm-hmm. that that fantastical stuff I think helps color what this book is. Yeah. Um, and it's clear what it, its identity is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on board for that. It's it's a lot of fun. And it, it, I, oh it, yeah. This book has I think this feels like this issue has a little bit more of a sense of humor too than that first one. I don't know. I I think that. Um... Comic books just need to be fun. I'm, I'm I'm sick of shit being just too fucking much. I want to. I, I I'm really pleased with this book. The art's great. Uh, this writing is just exactly what I want. I like that Kamala Khan is in there to balance it by being the grim dark. Yeah, it makes me really happy, and particularly that it's her. It's not, it's a nice like gag that it's her. Particularly when she grows her ear. Yes. Which, of course, she can do that. Like, I saw that, and I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, okay, it's it's Kamala Khan. She can absolutely grow her ear. That's just normal. Mm-hmm. That's every day. Mm-hmm. For, and excuse me, her name is Khan. Please call me Khan. Was that, the, was that what she said in the first one? She didn't like being called Kamala anymore? I thought yeah. it was she just didn't like she she didn't be, like being Miss Marvel. I think she wanted to be called Khan, I believe, is what they Yeah, I mean, like, Khan is like her superhero name or whatever god no one has ever made that joke before it's i you know i i don't often brag about my originality but today (laughs) i'm a bio in exiles number two and in exiles in general it's a fun book god no i'm i'm into this series i'm way into it so that's a double life exiles number two next up skyward Number one, written by Joe Henderson, Art Lee, Gar- Lee Garbett, excuse me, colors Antonio Fabella, letters Simon Bolland. My low G life, part one. So, Eric. Robbing. One day. Mm-hmm. There's less gravity. Yes. Wouldn't that be crazy, huh? Um, yeah, I'm really curious, like, what the explanation for that's going to be. I'm thinking that the explanation is there's that there's no explanation. Magnets, man. How do they fucking work? Pol- polarity, Earth's core, Earth's mm-hmm. cores, polarity. Uh, it polarized. It did a yeah. Polarity. Pol- Pollard, pol- magnet, ba- yep. back central. Mm-hmm. What do you Those feel? Those words. Uh, yeah. So. You know, uh, we we see this, this little baby who's now a grown up and uh, mm-hmm. uses a gun to fly. It guns aren't a pistol is not going to propel you that much. I'm sorry. Uh, in I mean, in a vacuum, it might. Is it? But in, they're not in in air. Actually, if there was no if there was no gravity, I think we'd probably lose like air too. Yeah, I'm, that's I, I I tried not to think about too much about like no, how you, none you of this really, science really it does doesn't hold up. None of this science will ever would ever make any kind of sense. But I was just like, it, I don't know why that is a thing. Like suddenly she's like shooting a gun. I'm like, there's some force on recoil, but it's not. It's she's she doesn't. It's not like it's a shotgun or something. She's just a pistol. Well, I mean, you would you would definitely go flying if you shot one in 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 a vacuum in space. Yes, and you wouldn't go in a straight line either. You'd be like flying like in you'd be spinning in circles probably. 
I mean, that's uh, that's dependent on a lot of stuff. But oh. in, in real reality, yes, probably. Physics. This is a, this uh, is a yes. fun comic book discussion about physics. I, I We need to hand this, this off to the guy that wrote the physics of comic books. This book is fine? I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, it's a weird, dumb science fiction concept, but I really... I really wonder how much legs it has. Like, how do you forget a person doesn't have legs when you're trying to flirt with them, though, speaking of such? How do you just forget that? She is just that bad at flirting, Eric. That's a really stupid... That's that's a really stupid... That's what that is. I'm not gonna... There's no. There's nothing that's, else to say. I mean, I... It, I don't know. I don't... I. It's not that I dislike her. It's just all that I'm just like... It's a. It's not like its premise is immediately it immediately grabs me or anything because it clear. I I don't know. You get this the the old grizzled father character who's like I can fix it, but now you can. Twenty years is just today was the day the breakthrough happened. It was it was all those um, all those band exercises he's doing. I mean, you can't let your muscles atrophy. Low, these would be some skinny ass people in a low G environment. Oh yeah. Where what what kind? Where's your verdict, Eric? Um, guide me. Help. Honestly, it's not bad. Can't can't bring myself to hate it. It is um, trope ridden and a little silly, but whatever. I read it. I had a pretty good time. There's probably better comics to spend your money on. Some kind of like a buy with a three. That's probably where I'd put myself. Okay. You know? Okay. You're just a flat out no, huh? I think so. I can tell from the way you're clicking your tongue. Oh, do I have a tell? That's my that my tell. Yeah. When you're well, when you're like breathing real heavy, like. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I I think that's where I'm at. Like it's me, like trying yeah. to like I'm trying to like can I possibly justify. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. I just it doesn't it doesn't grab me. That's okay. Yeah, I I might check that's out. You know, okay. obviously, I, I think I'll check my check out a trade, but that's yeah. I think this issue, eh, do not Th- buy. This is right. This is not something like the first issue of Shutter. You know, right? Like it's this weird, unique, strange idea. This is, I mean, this feels like a Twilight Zone episode or something. Right. It, it doesn't feel like it's. This feels like it's going to be four issues and then it's done, and I kind of like it for that. If this stretches on for a long time, I don't. I think it's going to grow weaker and weaker. That's a split decision on Skyward number one, Mush Peter three. Our last. Uh, it's not really a comic book; it's a magazine. It's in the title. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it'd be interesting to look, take a look at it. It is Mad Magazine number one, <laughs> with a lot of people. Uh, not mostly not credit in the front um there's a bunch of people making individuals you know it's like mad magazine remember mad magazine mm-hmm. it's like that it's it is yep it's a lot like that have you have you ever have you ever read a lot of mad eric uh my dad had a whole bunch of them and i would occasionally read them and i would pick up a copy here and there if it, i saw an artist in it that i liked um I mean, coincidentally, it, it has historically been like a great showcase of some of the Western comics' greatest talent. I mean, it's remarkable for that, and this issue is kind of no different. But this is also zero percent unlike. Like, it is so Mad Magazine, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they are. 
rebooting rebooting Mad Magazine, whatever that means. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I read Mad. Uh, I bought yeah, like when I was a kid, I'd buy them at the grocery store. You know, that'd be like I'd be like pick out a Mad Magazine, I'd take that home, uh, and I and then I'd end up buying collections of the old ones. You know, seventies um, and eighties, and I always liked it to a certain. I I, I was a ch- child, and I'm certain I did not understand a lot of the things that was going on. It was just full of insane things. Like weird cartoons and crazy art, and Alfred E. Newman. What me like is I don't know. I'm I. You're you're 100 correct. This is definitely Mad Magazine. They did not try and reinvent mm-hmm. the wheel with this thing. They went, what is the formula for Mad Magazine? Let's do that, and then throw in some you know younger people, younger artists to do their thing, which is what Mad kind of always did. Kind of, mm-hmm. they, they always had, like, yeah, spy versus spy, and the you know the, the the Star Wars parody in this, but they also had just long segments of like, here's this artist doing this weird story thing. It's like that's and we just let him do it, just to and show him show him off. It's hard for me not to say this is cool. Like I I, I like a world with Mad Magazine in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think that has always been the problem with Mad Magazine is no one really buys it and cares about it, but everyone's like, I'm glad that's there. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel about Mad. Like, I, if Mad Magazine went under, I would be really sad. I mean, just, like, gone forever. Yeah. It's but owned I, by I, I, um, Warner Brothers now, which is why there's DC superheroes in there. Oh, makes sense. Um, so I'm sure the Warner Brothers saw that this is in their catalog and went, we should try and make this and see if it works uh, in 2018. I don't know if it if it has legs in 2018. You know, I don't know if I'd buy this. I don't think regular. this has had legs since like the 70s. I bought them in the 90s and I liked them. I don't know if it, like they sold pretty. I don't. I don't know how good a magazine sales are though. Like, what's a good yeah. sales number for a magazine? I have no idea. I'm sure magazines aren't doing great anymore. I mean, they're probably doing better than newspapers. Um, I don't know. I'm a buy. That's, yeah, I, with that I, exact I, intonation. Yes, yes. That's basically it. Let me let me try my version. Okay. I'm a buy. All right. Good. Excellent. Uh, so that's double buy on Mad Magazine number one. Um, that'll do it for uh, floppies this week. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in. It's part of show, Eric. Can I talk about what we've been up to? Uh, talk about things we've seen or done or played or things we'd recommend or not recommend even. What's going on, Eric? Are you familiar with a television show called The Good Place? I am. Fam- I, I'm, I guess I'm I'm aware of it. I, uh, I want to watch it. I just haven't had the chance. I did watch it. I watched most of the episodes, and then I rewatched them all uh, with my girlfriend because I thought she would enjoy it. Um, the premise is Kristen Bell mm-hmm. is the lead character, and she ends up in basically in heaven accidentally. And the story is about like them trying to find out what's wrong with heaven because Kristen Bell is essentially screwing it up really bad because she's not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Ted Danson plays this really weird, pretty delightful dandy of a angel person. Uh, I mean, it's not really based on any um, any kind of actual religious anything, mm-hmm. which is nice. They're just like, hey, there's uh, a heaven and there's angels, things. Yeah, angel yeah. guys. Yeah, and it's it's it, I think like it'll improve a lot with a couple of seasons because I feel like the cast took most of the first season to really like to really get into their roles. And it, I think they're all very talented, even the people that you don't know. I think they're very funny. Is it? I thought the second season just ended. Is it just not on streaming yet? Uh, yeah, it's not on streaming. I I found it on Hulu. Okay. And thought that I would watch it, but like since I didn't watch the first six or seven episodes when they were new, they're gone now. So I can watch from eight on. Oh. So I have to wait for it to all come to Netflix or what have you. I don't know. All the licensing for these things are very complicated. Very confusing. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, but it is, it is a, I'd say, a very good show. There's a lot of just incredibly funny people on it. Um, my absolute favorite character is uh, Janet. I forget the actress's name, but she's friggin' adorable. Basically, her character is Google. Like, they just say her, say her name, and she just appears and answers questions for people. And okay. she plays it, it, it. She plays it so weird. It's just like really funny, you know. Like she's not supposed to like be like an actual person. So like her inflection just will come off so cheeky and artificial, and it's really funny. But this is th- this this is what led to. I know you saw it. That I th- there's a whole part towards the end of the series where. They're all in heaven. It's called The Good Place, hence the name of the show. There's also The Bad Place. And The Bad Place has their own version of Janet that's called Bad Janet. And Bad Janet looks just like Babs Tar. Like, is a fucking dead ringer like she's doing Babs Tar cosplay. And I apparently was the first person to notice this. And Comics Twitter uh, noticed it including Babs, who retweeted it. And so far, uh, that's 530-something likes on that tweet. First of all, it's, why don't you quit bragging? I know, right? Had to use a good nightism. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't, why don't you quit bragging? You didn't <laughs> do the dumbass voice that I always do. I used, I, uh, speaking of a good nightism, I used one in uh, this week's Simpsons episode as well. Simpsons oh, show, dear. So. Have I corrupted you that much? What, I think what, you, what did you say? Takes a village to raise an idiot. That is a thing that I've said for many years. It is. My favorite saying now that I apply to a lot of things, whether it's appropriate or not, is everybody's got to eat a peck of dirt before they die. I took that from Neil Gaiman, though. Oh, okay. Have I ever said that to you? I don't think so. It's I like I me. like using it as like oh well you know everybody's got to suffer a little bit or you know just life is suffering like everybody's got to eat a peck of dirt before they die I just mm-hmm. like it yeah that's me it makes me smile and stole it from an Englishman so the good place I I would recommend the good place I um, I want to see that second season first season is on the Netflix they may remove it and move it all to Hulu. Or the other way around, take all of season two and move it to Netflix. The, I think the licensing for these things is very complicated, and it 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 
makes ever this is this is why Netflix has spent all of their profits making content because that shit's never going away. Netflix is going to evolve into its own channel. Mm-hmm. It's basically going to be it's going to be its own HBO. Well, that's what HBO their 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 famous line was: "We have to be Netflix before Netflix becomes us." Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'd I'd say they should have started a long time ago. Yeah, they're working on it. Yeah, I think they're they're gonna. Netflix is probably going to beat them at this point because I, I Netflix is making an outrageous amount of content. Well, oh, that's another thing I could talk about is, what is the that? oh shit, what's it called? I gotta look it up. It's called Agaretsuko. That's what it is. Have you watched it or seen it advertised on your Netflix? Is that the anime with uh, mm-hmm. it's metal? it's based right? It's based on. Um, uh, Sanrio characters, mm-hmm. Sanrio being the company behind Hello Kitty. Right. If you're not familiar, um, basically it's about this young woman. It has the same kind of kayfabe that Hello Kitty does. You know, Hello Kitty is not really a kitty. Mm-hmm. She's not really a cat. She's a young woman. This is the same idea. Okay. You know. Right. They all live lives like people, but it just she just looks like a little cute kitty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it's, it's, I think it's Retsuko is her name, but I can't remember for sure. Um, but she is like fresh out of college. She gets a job as an accountant and hates it. And the whole show is just like about her, like sort of inner monologue as she struggles with everything. And when she gets really frustrated, like she likes listening to heavy metal and singing it at a karaoke bar. That's really the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's not really high concept and it's kind of stupid, but it's really fun. Like the, I don't know, you kind of root for her. She's fun. My wife wife is a fan. Good. Did you guys watch it together, or did she no, watch it herself? She watched it by herself. I I would I would I would recommend you should watch it. I mean, I watched all of it and I liked it. I will probably show it to my girlfriend. It is um, it's good. Coincidentally, I got called an old man on Twitter because I was talking about this show. Because I said, I don't know if you realize this, but that black metal Hello Kitty show is weird. And they're like, this is the most old man thing you've ever said. And then I cried into my uh, into my prunes. Man, you gotta stay regular. It's very important. It's, it's true. <laughs> um, it is also free on Netflix. If you don't want to spend money on going to the movie theater, it's a good thing to do. <laughs> so hey, hey, what about you, boy? Hey, uh, I went to Calgary. Yeah, I want to hear about that. I went to Calgary uh, for the Calgary Expo. It's a, the the largest comic convention in Alberta. It's bigger than uh, Edmonton's Expo. Um, f- over four days. It's at the Calgary Stampede, the BMO Center, whatever. A, a big giant area of stuff where people do rodeos when it's they're not talking about comic books, I suppose. Um, it was good. Uh, I had a good time. We... Walked around. They they apparently the expo got bought out by the the same company that owns MegaCon. Oh wow! No, but they're after, not playing around, are they? No. Um, 
and they changed the layout a little bit, which some people were a little bit upset about um, because now Artist Alley is secluded away from the rest of the exhibiting exhibitors. Mm. So the Artist Alley is above the food court area, basically. So it's and it's all that's all Artist Alley, and then you have the exhibition hall, which is adjacent to the celebrities signature and photo op area. Um, and there's seemed like a way more exhibitors this year and less artists, even though that's... there were a lot of artists in the general exhibition area. So I don't know. I'm assuming the only difference is the exhibition hall probably costs more money. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. It's nonsense. That's just really, I don't know. The, it, it's just probably the more established career artists. I mean, that just is going to hurt the artist alley people that can't afford it. That's just, that just hurts me. Ugh. Um, uh, Jim Lee was there. Rob Liefeld was there. I did not wait in line to talk to say hello, say hello to either of them. Uh, not really interested in that. My wife did make the joke that we should go up to Rob Liefeld and just ask for uh, him to draw his feet and nothing else. Yeah, I think that that's old hat by now. Yeah, that's basically I'd, what I'd I said. Le- let's, we, I think we can collectively leave Rob alone. He's got a sense of humor about himself. The pouch, he does. man. The, the pouch. He did, he did the pouch. The pouch is pretty good. Um, the pouch is great. The pouch is pretty good. Um, Donnie Cates was there, and I met Donnie Cates. Uh, I know, you time. told me about that over was, text messages. Text messages. He was uh, very nice. Uh, did we? He did he know who you were? Yeah, he knew. He, he's like, yeah. I, I was like, yeah, we talked on Twitter a couple times. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, hi. And he gave me a book for free for that because we, we know each other, sort of. Yeah. On the internet. But he's like, hey, don't worry about it. Here, I have this one for free. And he, he showed me uh, early uh, Venom art for that has not been released yet. It looks pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll, 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 uh, yeah. I want to meet Donnie Cates, god damn it. He's a, he was very, very nice, very gracious. Um, signed my God Country for me. Uh, there's other people there. Uh, I have a couple artists that I bought stuff from that I thought, I didn't buy a lot of, like, prints. I bought books. I tried to buy books from people this year because we, re- I, we have soon realized, hey, we have a lot of art that we still have mm-hmm. not framed and or hung. With, if we're going to buy something that's going to go on the wall, make sure it is going to go on the it's wall. Got to be 10 out of 10. Yeah, exactly. So I got from some name, uh, a nice lady named Shay Prol, P-R-O-U-L-X, a little hmm. cute ABC123 monstrosity book in hmm. which it's like the normal like A is for Apple. But then she starts combining all these things in like these weird Cronenberg monstrosities. It's a cute little book. Um, from Scott A. Ford, got a book called Arkland, which has a sort of a Zelda aesthetic, but I really, all of his art was really good. Uh, and this just came out apparently he was like this. He literally is like, yeah, I printed this, this just got finished printing like three days before the con. And, uh, it came with a little paper craft mask, which is very neat. Uh, and finally I got some books from Jeff Martin who's a local Edmonton artist that I have talked to so much. He's watches, he's come over and watch wrestling with me. Um, he has a web comic. It's called hell Inc, which I'll give him. You should go check that out. Cause I think it's fun. Uh, but I bought his, he has a, he, he does comics about hockey and wrestling and, uh, nerdy things that I really appreciate. <laughs> he's a good guy. He's at heat comics on Twitter. 
the hell.renathugcomics.com is where the webcomic is. That I, I sent you a link on the Skype. Um, um, trying to think of other stuff. Like, it was really beautiful weather, and, and it was super crowded. Um, There's a lot of exhibitors. So many. And I don't know. You kind of get shell-shocked after. You're like, I, I've been to enough cons. I don't need to look at another, you know, another booth that's just all pop vinyls. Mm-hmm. Just so many of them. And there's always people who laugh them, and I don't understand. Like, at this point, I'm just like, eh, I'm kind of... Pretty I'm over it. I'm down to done with them. Uh, it's I'm a gonna... thing that, that people use to act like they're quirky. It's over. It's over. The other Pop thing, finals are over. The other thing I did in Calgary, Eric, was see Avengers: Infinity War. Cool. Uh, you got a spoiler-free review for me? Uh, as I might try and watch it tonight. My spoiler-free review is: I am very impressed by it. It it has some balls. That's my that's my spoiler-free review. It goes for it. It is. It's confident. It does. It, like it. It has all those characters in it, like a zillion characters that it expects you to have seen their movies to a certain extent, although you don't need to see all of them. Like if you missed half, I think you'd, as long as you've seen probably like, you know, the big ones, you'd probably be fine. But it has all those characters. It manages to juggle their screen time really well. It's really, ultimately, it's a Thanos movie more than anything. Like Thanos gets more time than anyone. And it's good. I, I don't know. It's a. It's very good. It is. I, I'm really looking forward to the the second half. We'll talk about it after you watch it, because I don't want to spoil it for you. It has some. It had multiple genuine me going wow moments. Like wow, I they did that. I can't believe it. That's the word on the street. Mm-hmm. Mostly, it's just wow. It is wow. It is. It does. I, I don't know. It does things that it it is it is demonstrating very uh, complete confidence in what it is, and it is unafraid of being a superhero movie. It is unafraid of doing things that I don't know. It. I'm trying not to spoil things, but I. It if it did not trust the audience to come see it. Like that's what it demonstrates. It's like we know we're we know this is important, and so we trust the audience to come see this. So we are going to do things that are crazy, that you wouldn't that I you know if you told me like oh yeah they're going to have eventually going to have a Thanos movie you know like five years ago I'd be like okay yeah that makes sense, and then they'd be like here's the things they do in it I'm like really a superhero movie for like the general audience is going to do these things and they're like yeah it is but like ooh good excellent. That's my. I'm, I need to see it again. I'm gonna watch it again eventually. It's gonna in theaters. I'm sure. I need to. I miss things. I'm sure I did. See it. That's my advice. <laughs> I had a really good time watching it. I looked. I don't think I breathed for the last thirty minutes. It felt like I just like as the when the credits hit, I was like, <sighs> I felt like I like let out all the air in me. Like I felt like I had not breathed in the big run in the big final like sequence basically. <laughs> It's impressive. I'm still like digesting it, honestly. It's been like three days since I watched it. I'm still like, man, like thinking. I still come back to it. I'm like, whew, really? They did that? Okay. Spoiler free review. 
it's just a lot of breathing noises. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ooh. It's like, whew. all right. Oh, man. You'll see. Mm-hmm. You'll understand. You watch it. You'll get it. I think this. You ready to talk? You ready to talk about uh, some Captain America? Hold on. <sighs> Let's do it. Okay. Good. I'm glad you're prepared. Uh, we can move on to our uh, next segment. It's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I uh, assign a longer work, discuss it in depth like you would a book club. This week we are discussing Secret Empire by Nick Spencer and a, a multitude of artists. Uh, let me see if I can all of them, or some, at least most of them. Daniel Acuna, uh, Andrea Sorrentino, Steve McNiven, uh, Lenil Francis Yu, Jesus Saez, uh, there's like there's other people with assists with colors and inks and additional art Rod Reyes um, Joshua Kassar Rochelle Rosenberg like addition there's a lot of a lot of people pitching in including let's see David Marquez Paco Medina Juan Velasco Jesus Abertov Ron Lim it just goes on and on um, Secret Empire a super big Marvel event comic book where Steve Rogers Reveals he's been reveals he's a Hydra agent, and because of some cosmic cube shenanigans, and now he is gonna take over. He takes over everything. Hydra, hail Hydra! Mm-hmm. Remember that? Remember that meme? Remember it memed when it got memed? Hail Hydra! That was that was one of my favorite memes. It was a good meme. I I was a I was a fan. <sighs> Have you given any thought to how you want to kind of break this down? Or do you just want to swear for 40 minutes? <laughs> I don't want to swear. Uh, I mean, so kind of what I'm saying yeah. is what I was texting you about. That I, I, I kind of want us to... I think there's intelligent discussion to be had about this book. Um, I, 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 I look at it as like a competently done, like very tone deaf in in the environment that we come in uh, that we came into but i mean it's not like it wasn't aware of that but just i don't think anyone wanted to come to comics for this like at all just particularly not in this environment it this is my my general thought and we can go wherever we want Mm -hmm. my general thought is this doesn't doesn't know what it wants to be, so it tries to be everything. It definitely is trying to be very very big. Yes, and that's that's I think that I think you're right in that. And the only thing that it knows it wants to be is really really big. <laughs> yes, it, and it's like, like just be big. Ev- big. Everything is going to happen. Yeah. Sometimes more than once. And I'm like Ugh. yes, and that's I think. It's 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 big I don't feelings and big characters and big punchlines and 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 it's the whole country and everything. <laughs> it's I I don't know which which issue it was. I'm eight nine or ten somewhere in there. It's when you get to like the fifth time that the narrations like we wanted to win and this time we are gonna do it and this time we're not gonna fail and this time mm. and it just I was just like. I, at a certain point, I'm just like, how many times in this ten issues are we going to do this? And I, I just, I just. So this was, 
I'm just trying to think back on what Marvel had been doing and what had, well, like what what their thinking was here. Well, and what Nick Spencer was thinking. It, this, I mean, you can see the you, like Civil War Two happened. Yeah, no, this was this was hot off of Civil War Two. This was like just the year of shit mm-hmm. with them with them serving up Civil War Two, and this was the this was the Dookie milkshake that came after Civil War Two. That we, oh God, Civil War Two. <sighs> I, I I don't know Civil War Two. In retrospect, I like. I like more. I don't. I, it's it's a it's a simpler sack of shit than this is. Yeah, it is. It. I and I think it's, ultimately it's, it, this is this is a sack of shit with a lot of a lot of different notes in it. Like <laughs> like Civil War Two is just very one note. Yes, it's that one you know? thing. And um, I, I it's, wish it, it's Cliff Barton crying about the Hulk, crying green tears or whatever. And the shit happened. I don't know. Jesus Christ! It, this is this is all of that stupidity. It's just it just hurts I, to see it done like semi confidently. Because God, I still I still like want Nick Spencer to do well. Like I hate that this is probably what he's going to be remembered for forever. Yeah, he's a I, I like Superior Foes of Spider Man. Yeah, I love it. Uh, the fix is very good, even though it is basically still Superior Foes of Spider Man. Regardless, I still like it. Uh, I've uh, his other uh, various other things I've liked. You know, I thought they're good and worth reading. Mm-hmm. Um, this I, I don't. Uh, uh, it doesn't. It it just it wants to say something about I about superheroes and power mm-hmm. and about the legacy of that about the 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 kind of there's always been sort of fascist undertones to a lot of western superhero comics and that's yeah that's been a thing that people have been passing around a lot on twitter and whatever that's dumb i and yeah i think that i agree like largely i don't like if you're going to be it's incredible like if this comic book managed did manage to actually succeed and actually say something meaningful about that in the context of a marvel universe it would be an, a tremendous achievement because frankly mm-hmm. i think it's kind of impossible uh, right and i think that that's that's kind of i'm not going to say that he's trying to copy watchman but this along with a lot of other books like this is trying to be in that legacy of Watchmen mm-hmm. and trying to, to, to like, how can I elevate comics to capital A art? And that's just yet another re like, like even civil war two was trying to do that because it was basically the similar formula to this is like, what is a, a moral conundrum that we can put these characters into? How can we shake things up in a big way? And how can we, how can we just big this up? How can we bigin this? How can we end bigin it? Even mm-hmm. it's a real word now. It is. Mm-hmm. It and ultimately it hedges its bets. And I think that that it even it even like ends in a very sort of saccharine way. And I what I had remembered reading when it was ending because we were definitely not interested in reading it when it was on stands and ending 
that people were saying that you know they give it this weak milk toast ending and it's saccharin and it's this and it's this to, to like you say hedge hedge its bets mm-hmm. to to try and pull out of the nosedive. Um, I I don't know. Um, Ultimately, I it's not just the ending that I mean when I say it hedges its bets. Mm-hmm. Because oh, I yeah. I mean I think there is like this was originally I think only supposed to be seven issues or eight, and then suddenly it was ten. Like I remember mm-hmm. when the solicitations were coming out, they were like, "Oh yeah, there's now they're going to be an issue nine. Oh now there's going to be an issue 10 I'm like, "Really? Like what?" And that is my other like aside from the tonal stuff, which it, this thing is way too long. It doesn't. This is there's so much stuff in this that just doesn't need to be in it. There's probably shit that was cut out of other books and condensed into this. Like it doesn't. Which and there's so many cross. There's so many times. Oh yeah. To this thing. I mean, so when you many. when you when you when you friggin' toss a stinker like this and pollute everything. I mean, they just had to cut their losses as best as they could. It's hard, really, for me to see it any other way. Yeah, it feels like the last few issues. Of this are. Them trying to correct course, backpedaling, yeah. Even, and it's not just the ending that 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 feels like that. I don't like. I have no problem whatsoever with like the the idea of a the real Steve Rogers appears and beats the crap out of the Hydra Steve Rogers. I'm like, okay, I can. That's fine. But the problem is the rest of this book doesn't under like it feels like it comes out of nowhere. Like. it like it has Sam as this inspiring Captain America figure, and then suddenly he's just like, "Oh no, let's just let regular Steve. He's back." Yeah, I'm like, like well, why? That, that was probably the stuff that felt the best to me when Sam showed up. That definitely that that felt good. Everything it, else in this has felt pretty terrible. And yeah, I, I I like if it ends with Sam beating up, finding a way to beat Hydra. Yeah. Hydra cap. I'm. I'm like, okay, cool. That would have. That would have felt a lot better. Like you find a gen, genuinely like, hey, we've this. We have shift. We have taken back the mantle of Captain America from this fascist and mm-hmm. given it. Like there, there's something there, and it's not. But it's not just the ending. It's just. It's every step along the way. It feels mm-hmm. like they 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 make sure to to loophole Kobik so much into this thing that that Steve Rogers it never any they don't ever make it so that he has any agency about what he's become and yeah he's even just actively uncomfortable with the stuff that's happening and and it's just well you if you're gonna you either make him you make him the villain of the book and he is a fascist mm-hmm and he is willing to do anything to remain in power, and he crushes people underneath his boots, either you do that, or he is... You have to give him a little bit more agency every, in, in, in this stuff. He has to... Like, you can't just have, oh, actually, the real Steve's in this weird, like, hallucination somewhere in his... In, in, in there, in the... I don't know where the hell that weird... Where good Steve is. Good Steve's in some weird hallucination. Um... Yeah, he's I, in he's in like 
fucking like limbo. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. It 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 doesn't make any sense. And then and like if if they, I, I think if if it you got to a point where you at cer- some point maybe you can still have the cosmic cube in there somewhere to shift Steve's real history whatever mm-hmm. so that he can be recruited by Hydra at some point but you have to give him the you have to make him make a choice you if you like you have to make it mean something to to make it mean something that he becomes this monster you have to make it like well let let's show how this super soldier who is super committed and and uh, how easily he can be turned if if you give him a different ideology how he becomes so horrible but you can't just have him like sort of be sort of st- like he, he shows i i don't i don't understand the decisions that he makes in this book because at, at if you read like at the last issue and then that omega issue mm-hmm. he's like yeah you get we i made the decisions that you couldn't but right no he, he turns into a fucking mustache twirling villain but, at the end of the last act. But that's not what you did. You you constantly no. were like, "Hey, my yeah. I don't have the guts to do this. I don't really feel comfortable, so my underlings will do it for me." I I just turned my head. I'm like, "Well, what what's the what does that tell me? Like it's not either of the things. Like either either he is conflicted or he's not. You can't he can't be both." Mhm. I don't I don't I don't know like it was it, it was clearly going towards a different ending clearly going towards something else and was was that more offensive i i don't know if it's offensive it just makes it bad like i'm not mm-hmm. I, i'm like that's the thing i'm like i i i think it's never it never really felt propelled towards greatness but like what do you think it was pointing towards if anything i don't i honestly don't know i i it's hard to say because it feels like it gets so mushy there in like <laughs> the halfway point you're like what is like it's there's so much happening and yeah. there's, they're constantly showing you everybody. I'm like, choose someone, choose a like focal point, please, and give us that. But instead, we get time spent in New York City where they're trying to have you know Dagger light up the city for as long as she can. Well, why why do we see so much time with a kingpin? Like, why does that matter? It. Um... Sure didn't pan out too well in this book, did it? I mean, I'm sure maybe eventually, like, maybe they had a plan. So, yeah, we're going to do Kingpin stuff after this. So we have to, well, I don't know why it's thrown in this book. Why the, like, the Punisher stuff. Like, Oh, God. That uh, that was when I truly began to hate this book. When they introduced fucking Hydra Frank Castle. No. How the fuck is that going to happen? Fuck no. That's, like, and that's all, the, that's the other part. It's just, like, you have all these good guys that oh yes scarlet witch she's controlled by a demon uh the mm-hmm. vision we gave a computer virus to we mm-hmm. put an old we gave him a bad a well disc and now he's a bad vision yeah uh, <laughs> i like that i like that thor's just dumb yeah thor's, thor's just, just like he picked like, up yeah i don't like i don't really follow politics guys <laughs> he picked up the hammer so that means good i mean i i actually liked that because i mean I, like that is kind of within Thor's character. You gotta, you gotta be honest there. I, I, I mean, that it, that works for me. And also, he thought he never really does anything 
And, it's, yeah. and he he basically turns at exactly the point where I go, yeah, that's where he'd break. That's where mm-hmm. he'd be like, oh, I don't trust Steve anymore. Um, it, it's just the I I like as a comic book, it is messy. It is too big. There's too many characters in it, it and and it too much of it is spent wasting time on MacGuffins that ultimately are meaningless. And it's not like you that that doesn't can't work. Like wa- reading this book and then after watching Infinity War, which is also a bunch of got people fighting over MacGuffins mm-hmm. and how well they do it in that movie and how poorly it's done in the like why why is there such an extended seek why is Hank Pym Ultron why is that in here why at all why yeah that that is a really weird a, a lot of pages spent on that. It's an entire issue. On a weird, uncomfortable dinner. Yeah, it's. I don't understand. Like, it's. It felt like an Elseworlds. Like a lot of this feels like Elseworlds books that are just like. I'm like, why? It doesn't belong in here, and you know, and that's a that's a thing that. Why is it that they do something fucking stupid in the six one six universe, and everyone gets enraged by it? Like, if this was. If Nick Spencer was like, I want to do the the what if Nazi cap book. Do you think? I mean, same doing it at the same time, essentially the same book. I mean, do you I think, think anyone would have given a shit. If why it does was, it make so much? A, why does it make such an uglier statement by putting it in the six one six universe? I mean, I think it's it's more of some of its parts than it is about just the fact that they did. Like, it, I think it is a perfect storm of this book. To mm-hmm. do what doing everything the wrong way doing making the wrong choices every it, like it's not just that they chose to do this it's not just that they chose to do this it's that it one it came out after civil war 2 which mm-hmm. wasn't good and this is worse and it's just we're all t- everyone's event fatigue we're all tired we are tired i was tired of it before civil war 2 started and then civil war 2 blasted on for nine months and then this happened and just kept going and you know, whenever Marvel does a big event, it takes so many books that people mm-hmm. like and just makes them about the event that we don't, I don't care about this event. I want to read Squirrel Girl. Why is Squirrel like, you know, I, don't, I think Squirrel Girl actually remained outside of the event. But I mean, as an example, there's a, a lot of books that you're like, I just wanted the Ms. Marvel book to be about Ms. Marvel. Why is she fighting the Secret Empire now? Like, it, it's all that. And you do that with Civil War Two, and then you do it again with Secret Empire. You do it with with them backtracking multiple times about how is Steven Hydra is he not a Hydra agent thing? Like multiple them just straight out lying to people about what the nature of the 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 cosmic cube is and all that stuff. The fact the, the political environment it's like impossible to ignore. Mm-hmm. I it, when that when you when you you can't just put out the book and then shut off your eyes and ears and say nah 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 I'm not listening. Sure you can. I mean you just they, said it. They just they did it. I'm not. It's it leads to people being angry at them and them hit, taking gigantic sales punishment. Um, you and it's just it, uh, uh, it's a compo- compounding of issues of them ignoring willfully ignoring the Hydra na- Nazi connection. And kind of, and that is another way and that like, I felt I haven't mentioned it yet because it, I think is a larger part of the discussion that 
And but you cannot. I said this when it was coming out, and I'll say it again. You cannot invoke. You cannot choose to invoke all the things that Hydra makes Hydra feel like Nazis, and then say, "Oh, they're but they're not Nazis." Mm-hmm. I'm well. Yeah, they they actually like either you either you make them like aim and make them like cartoonish, stupid another stupid uh, faction villain faction whatever you want to call them secret organization or you make them nazis just called hydra but they're still there but like there's so it's little just you don't want to use a swastika yeah but you can't just say oh but they're not nazis i'm like well actually like hydra was that's where the hydra that's where they came from like those comic books still exist guys like we can't just mm-hmm. go read them it's it's not they're not like they didn't just vanish I know you treat your back catalog like they disappear after they ha- they're off the the comic book shelves, but those comic books still do do still exist. You cannot invoke that. You cannot invoke Hydra. You cannot invoke. Oh, look at this giant fascist organization. You cannot invoke the goddamn Hail Hydra double arm up in the sky salute without invoking Nazis. And unless wow. you're ready to handle that, guess what? People are gonna go. Oh well, you're making Nazis. On your in your comic book, but you're not really talking about it. You're just like, ah, eh, yeah, they're Nazis, yeah, kind of, but not really. Eh, Hemming and Holland, like, and that's the thing. Like, that's not. I don't like. I don't want them to have a book where Captain America becomes a Nazi or a Hydra agent because it is almost destined to fail. That's impossible to do, and especially at the scale of this many characters and this big a thing, like. It made me think of V for Vendetta because that's like the one case where I can think of a comic book that like actually captures at least a, 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 a part of like, like captures a little bit of the nuance of fascism mm-hmm. and, and living under that kind of government and terrorists first, you know, first freedom fighters versus whatever, like V for Vendetta actually it it I, it has not it's not as good as you know it's it's aged a little like you know like a lot of stuff from Alan Moore in that time period you're like oh that doesn't work as well as it used to regardless it it I think adequately paints like the grays of the situation this doesn't and you can't really with a bit like the Marvel universe just isn't equipped mm-hmm. it, it it's not meant for this well that that's what all the big stuff that was in Watchmen is it was kind of talking about how this stuff was bigger than than sort of costume superheroes you know Mm -hmm. that like the world got too big for that and it felt childish and they had to leave it behind and this is trying to drag that into something bigger than it is and yeah it just sort of clunks along it feels rotten it's it, like it's not that the execution is terrible. Like I feel like the a no. lot the like the the in between writing for a lot of the characters is fine. It just feels like they have to bend this. They have to bend the Marvel universe in such a way mm-hmm. to make it fit to make this book work. And every every step, you're like they're right. That's not... They're bending over backwards to make this be plot driven. Yeah, Spencer and... has a pretty good ear. Uh, for the characters and their dialogue so it doesn't read like it's written by an idiot child but it's just shaped in such an artificial and clunky way 
There's 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 Hydra the Punisher again. There is Hydra the Punisher. I I just just why would you can't tell me that? Good God! No, that's and that's the thing. Like you go like, well, it it treats like these people like they're idiots mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. You're like, well, I mean, Frank Castle is a sociopath. Don't get me wrong; mm-hmm. he does butcher a bunch of people. But he's 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 like, I mean, he's a lot like Rorschach, maybe. You know, black and white, mm-hmm. absolutes. You're a good guy or you're a bad guy. But this is not like him in Civil War going like, uh, I won't hit Cap because mm. it's this is not like I he knows fascism. It's not Frank Castle's not a moron. Yeah, he's just he's just a, he's yes. just he's just a psycho, you know. Like I think I don't think I don't think uh, if the Red Skull came up to. Uh, <laughs> Frank Castle. You know, Frank Castle, and he's like, oh, let's wipe out all drug dealers. He'd be like, cool. Cool, Red Skull. Yeah, totally. I think We're he totally would, bros now. I think he would shoot Red Skull in the head. Yes. I, that's exactly <laughs> what he would fucking do, because he's fucking Frank Castle, and the Red Skull is a goddamn cartoonish bad guy. <laughs> Anyone can goddamn see that. And just because it's Steve Rogers all of a sudden, it's not like you go, oh, he just changes his mind. He goes, oh, it's Steve. Mm-hmm. I know Steve. Papa Steve. Papa Steve is suddenly a Hydra agent. Remember Hydra? They were bad guys for, you know, six, whatever. I don't know how long. It's been, I mean, they're World War II, so that doesn't change. It's been 80 years. They're still bad guys. They haven't changed that. I mean, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's so much cognitive dissonance that you have to try and make this thing work. And every step, you're like, that doesn't... What? I don't and and like they try and they 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 kill Black Widow except they don't. Mhm. They bring back Hulk except they don't. Except they don't. They is uh, they they blow up the thing except they don't. And like the thing that is really interesting to me, I think the thing that I wish this book was really about like I was trying to, I was thinking this in like I was driving back from Calgary, and I was just like thinking in my head, I'm like, how would you make this book work? How could you make it work? I would say you do it in one issue, you know, or maybe four. Yeah, and you make it you much know, smaller, it could, right? Either it's a either it's a what if comic one, or it's like Red Sun. And yeah, you don't you don't have all the tie-ins, you don't have all the the you don't t- pull in other books, you just have. It take place in one book, and so if people don't want to read it, they can just ignore it. When it takes over your entire line of comic books, people can't ignore it. People get very angry, and like even I don't, I, I feel like you have to have some more. Like if you want to have Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers is the main character of this book, which is such a strange thing to me because he's the villain, mm-hmm. and yet he gets so much more time than anyone else, and you have to. You have to make it credible at some point that you can't just make it magic that Steve Rogers is like, I remember those, those, you remember like the very first Captain America issues we were reading when this was just beginning bubbling up after the Hail Hydra mm-hmm. stuff happened. And there was that one issue where was, it, I forget, it was a red skull who's talking in like a back room to a bunch of like to a meeting, meeting hall or something like that. Yeah. And and we're like and we're like wow that's really good and it shows mm-hmm. the kind of insidious nature of this kind of stuff. Yes, that that I remember how convinced he sounded of his own rightness, and it just gave me chills. 
and like, particularly giving the parallels of asshats like Richard Spencer in the world. Right. It's just, oh God, it just affected me so deeply. And you have to, if, if Steve is going to turn into, if he's going to become a Hydra agent, you have to make it at a certain point, you have to make it, I think you can use magic to make it possible, but at, a, at the end of the day, Steve has to make that decision. You have, and you have to show it and you have to really commit that Steve believes this stuff because he truly thinks it's the best way, not because Kobik changed his mind around or something. And you have to bend whatever the rhetoric is, whatever the Hydra politics are, you have to bend it so that it can be palatable. And we have to believe that it's palatable to Steve Rogers, as long as he, even if it was a more, easily seduce Steve Rogers or something. I don't know. It's just you have to kind of give it a f- concrete, firm form. You can't make it a nebulous thing. Like, I don't know about all the hundreds of tie-ins, but in this book, all we see is, oh yeah, crime's way down and Inhumans are in jail. Mm-hmm. And what else? is? What's different? What What else changed? Oh, you turned off the internet? Is Did you do that? Like, what? I don't like, we never see that. We see them fighting a bunch of superheroes all the time, but we don't actually see normal people's lives. We don't know, aside from that one guy named Barf, which he just, he just makes cosmic cubes. Is that how that works? He just barfs mm-hmm. up cosmic cubes because he can imagine it? Let's push it a little bit. Is Barf going to show up whenever they need something? Hey, Barf, we need a gun that can kill Galactus. Just give me a second. Blech. There it is. Mr. Fantastic drew it on a notepad, and I so then I made it with my mouth parts. I don't like Barf at all. But he's so he's got such a rich character. <laughs> he has a brother. He made mm-hmm. him a lunchbox with his mouth. Yeah. I, I don't. I like it. It's just it's a tough ask. I don't. I, I don't. I don't understand why on earth you would. Because if this feels like the end game of Superior Spider Man. Where, like, they saw the success of that. They're like, man, we made Spider-Man that got taken over by Doc Ock. And it sold really well. And people really liked it, for the most part. Let What can we... Who else can we do that with? And you're, you're not wrong there. And I'm, I'm just like, well, it it's a different... It, it's a different scope. If it's a different scale. And it, Doc Ock never took over the, the, the country. He never... He, <laughs> And, like, we've been reading the Chris Somney, Mark Wade, Captain America book off and on, and we like it, but it doesn't deal. Like, that Omega issue also is like, yeah, for every now, every time now from now on, people are going to look at me and they're going to have a doubt. I'm like, no, they they haven't yet. Mm, that's, that's, that's Nick Spencer saying that about himself. <laughs> Oof. That hurts. It's so true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I... And, like, maybe that's how you do this book. You have it – you start it with Captain America beating himself up, taking over – taking back the shield. And then the rest of the book is him winning people back mm-hmm. and doubting himself. Maybe that's it. That's the that's, book. That, that's con- the- that conflict is, is inherently more interesting, you're saying? I think so, to me. Yeah. I think that's more fascinating to me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you can't – like, it's just – 
I don't want my Marvel books uh, trying to do this. This feels like a bad movie plot, sort of in the bigness of it, the big over-the-top, like, punching and shit blowing up and final boss fight at the end. We were saying that about Civil War II, the negative effect of um, the, the MCU's success mm-hmm. on these books. It really does seem like, I mean, the I didn't tell you I, I watched Thor Ragnarok recently. Uh, I don't think so, no. See, it's so interesting that I'm not sure what informed this direction for for these books, for uh, Civil War II and for this. Thor Ragnarok, if they're going to start basing things off of any of the movies, I would say that one, because it is exactly what anything comic book related should be. It's even if the, the situation is very dire and very serious, you know, as Thor Ragnarok is, it's literally about the end of the world. It's still just fun to experience it. Why the fuck would anyone want to read this? You know, I don't think anyone is interested in reading a comic that's trying to be capital A art like this, nor having it try and infect every single book. It, 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 I mean, it seems like even like DC, you know, like the, um, the Fantastics, the Terrifics, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Like it's this flashback to big, dumb, like, like Silver Age comics, maybe. You know, Mm -hmm. everything is big and bombastic and, you know, it's dumb, but it's well written and fun. God, I would take any of that crap over this fucking make comics fun again. I mean, and I think that's like overall, it just feels like all the politics stuff aside, which you could spend hours touching on, like discussing, which uh, Colin Space Twinks, Comics and Cowardice. Uh, Twine essay talks a lot about this book, and but a lot about other stuff too. More, it, it ends up being more about uh, comics, comics criticism than more of just about Secret Empire. But the politics aside, like about Hydra and and Nazis and fascism and how like how poorly Marvel comics can reflect that stuff, like how like in the real world context and like how Marvel is not interested in that really, like they're just not equipped. Mm-hmm. All that stuff aside, this book is just, it's a mess. And it, I don't, I, I can't, I can't, I don't understand, like, I, I don't understand the idea when they go, yeah, we're going to make a big event and it's going to be Captain America taking over the world as a Hydra agent. And like, oh yeah, he's gonna, like, it, 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 it makes the same, mist- like, I, I think it's doing a better job I think largely everyone who's a fan of Marvel is just like, I'm ignoring it. It never happened. Mm-hmm. Like Civil War, the original Civil War, just was like character assassination of Tony Stark. And it took year. It took Matt Fraction, like 80 issues of Iron Man to make people like Iron Man again. And this is like, I think has one up on Civil War in that people are just like, let's forget about it. Let's ignore that from that ever happened. Let's look at the good stuff. Um, let's move on. And after reading it, I'm like, yeah, let's move on. And they didn't have a problem invoking all of the most terrible uh, 
continuity mistakes in in these issues. It's just ugh. and the fact that they invoke Infinity Gauntlet in this thing, mm-hmm. it makes me so mad because that it's the it's the context. It they just oh my god the context of like really Infinity Gauntlet is that what we're you're gonna be comparing this book to Infinity Gauntlet where Captain America standing up to to, to Thanos against un- mm-hmm. overwhelming odds, but the, no, this book's it's not. Context matters, guys. Like, you can't just show me a picture of Captain America punching at a bigger, stronger guy and be like, oh, no, this is the same. Like, no, it's not, it's not the same. It's very- I didn't particularly like the uh, the Hank Pym wife-beating call-out either. No. The gutless way that they threw that, they just tacked that on. No. and Ugh, God. I, I'd almost forgotten about that. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a cute scene. It's like if you read I, Adventures Academy is a good it was a good book uh, back in the day uh, after Civil War, and largely it was a good book because it featured a redemption arc for Hank Pym. It, it showed him going like, yeah, that's what people remember me for. Uh, it was a bad thing, and I've every day I try and be a good hero to make up for it. And it like over the course of that book, it Hank Pym like there's an arc there, and he's like, yeah, I prove myself. I'm that I have overcome that. And then it's like a decade later, and they're still just pulling it out there. And like if you look at the actual the actual comic that that happens in originally, it's not like I don't know it it it, it over the years it has become more than it was even then when it wasn't nearly as bad. But it's somehow over the 40, 30 plus years since that comic came out, it's like Hank Pym's a wife beater. I'm like, that's not, it's not true. Okay. And even then, they've tried to make like big stories about it over the years. And every time Hank's like, yeah, I'm over it now. Please remember me for something aside from that. Remember, like, I've, I've made genuine, I'm not that guy anymore. And now they're just like, yeah. I, I, at this point, I just wish I, 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 I don't know. Have Hank Pym retire, because clearly they're not. I, if this is what they're going to use him for, like dumb jokes about Ultron and uh, like domestic abuse, don't even bother. That's like a throwaway filler issue in a event comic. It's gross. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. It's not. This comic's bad. That's my hot take. What's your uh, What's your order in terms of badness? Civil War, Civil War Two, and this. Oh, uh, in that in that order, Civil War. This is the this is this the is worst. the worst. This is the worst. Yeah. Hmm. I would Civil War. I one Civil War and Civil War Two. One artist, Nip McNiven and David Marquez, and they both do great work. Both books are absolutely beautiful. Um, this book has McNiven in it, and it has David Marquez in it. It also has Lino Francis Yu and Andrea Sorrentino. And, like, mm-hmm. it just is it's, it's whiplash going back and forth between artists. Um, say what you will about Civil War and it's and so even Civil War Two, which I don't – like, it's about, like, one thing. Both those books are about, like, hey, this is about this. And ultimately, like, Civil War is pretty focused about Captain America versus Iron Man. Like that ultimate, like it's a dumb kind of thing it, that boils down to, but at least it is about that. Picking a main character and, and Civil sticking War, with it. Yeah, Civil War, Civil War Two is you know 
it is a little bit it's definitely messier and less focused but it's still mostly about the one thing um this book is i don't give me the thesis of this book what is this book about nick nick spencer panicking for the better part of a year I, like i don't is it it's not about it's not about uh, the subtle, insidious nature of people falling into uh, kind of gross political beliefs. It's not about that because magic does it. It's just cosmic. The cosmic cube does it. It's not about like the inspiring power of symbols because ultimately, Sam as Captain America does nothing. He 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 actually like he um, they were going to help the good Steve. In that last fight, and no, he's like, no, wait, no, let him do it himself. I'm like, what? What do you mean, let him do it himself? He's done nothing. Why are Why are we letting him? Why is this the fight at the end of this comic book? Good Steve versus bad Steve, because the rest of the book isn't about that. Because Sam, as Captain America, doing it makes too much of a statement. Uh, yeah, it, that's that's uh, it. It really feels like they really wanted to take the teeth out of it as much as possible and like it's not and so it's not about the power of inspiring power of symbols if you like be able to, to like reclaim them basically you know like if you had made the story about how captain america is now like this evil hydra guy and no we're gonna we are the heroes we're gonna reclaim the symbol of captain america we're gonna take it back make it our own make it powerful and make it win it's not about that it's not even about like the slide into gray morals like there's stuff in it about like black widow going to kill captain america and stuff like that but no one kills cat like no one does anything nothing happens like and they have that whole build-up about uh miles morales gonna be the person that kills steve but then he does it and you're like well what why then why civil war ii why all of this why any of this like not like every like it's not this is not complicated. It like when you make things, you should know what they're about. Even if it's a simple thing. Even if at the end of the day it's like, hey, good guys should beat bad guys. That's something. And this is like such a big deal. It's a Marvel event comic. Dozens of people probably looked at this before it came out. And did not one step one person step any step along the line, like, hey, we should probably clearly identify what this book is about. Like make a thesis statement. And stick with it. No? Too hard? I am, in general, uh, a fan of thesis-driven writing. But what the fuck? Just make it about stupid shit. <laughs> make it about everything. Yeah. It's about Captain just make Marvel. It, make it, no, and... just make it bigger. That's what it's about. It's about bigger. It has Clo Cloak and Dagger in here. They only show up for event comics. It's very strange to me that Cloak and Dagger are nearly basically forgotten for for the majority of the time in, in Marvel's history. You know, they had one solo book that didn't even last that long. And then suddenly, Civil War II, suddenly Cloak is in it and he's a gigantic part of it because someone has to teleport the heroes around. And then suddenly, in this book, oh, yeah, Dagger's important because she makes light. Did, I guess Dazzler doesn't exist. She's over in the mutant territories. Whew. God. Start talking about that again. Mutant country. Yeah, well, that's a thing. It is a thing. Uh, um, hmm. I don't, I don't have any more vitriol to spew, Eric. You already puked up all your bile. Is there any? Is there something that you wanted to bring up that we haven't touched on? 
I guess so. I mean, it's less clear to me now what in the hell Nick wanted to do with this. And it really, like, I, I, I really want to see, like, the behind the scenes on this, you know? There's some, um, there's a, a, a movie vlogger called Lindsay Ellis, you may or may not have heard of, and she did a three-part series on the Hobbit movies mm-hmm. and about why they're such a disaster. I, need, I should watch those. That sounds good. Her whole channel is A-grade content. She is a fucking genius. I, I have watched almost everything in her channel, and every video is great. Have you ever watched movies with Mikey? No. You should watch that. That's also very good film criticism stuff. I, I, I like Lindsay Ellis quite a lot. I think that's her name. Okay. But you want something like that for this? Yeah, I want to know what in the hell is like made this go so wrong. Because, like, I, I mean, you know, is Nick Spencer just, could he just not pull off an event this big? Like, like what... What were all the elements that went into this perfect storm, turning this into such a gray mound of flavorless mush? I don't. Yeah, this that's very. I that's the best description yet. Mm-hmm. But it's also poisoned. <laughs> that's and, what this is, and also somehow like not realistic. You're you're like, how does this actually exist? Mm-hmm. How does this mush taste so gray? I never, I didn't think that was yeah. possible. How did they bend the earth to make this, this make this make sense? They were trying very hard to make this happen. You know, it 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 took more than doubling down. It took quadrupling down. How about okay on this concept? I have a question for you, Eric. This is my question: mm-hmm. Is this better or worse than Identity Crisis? Is it worse than Footsteps on the Brain and Superman Superman not hearing things? I'm more, I'm still, like, Identity Crisis, I think, is worse. I think for sure, for me. I think I agree with you. I think that this is something that's just, like, this is like everything going wrong and having to carry out something that's flawed. Where Identity Crisis, like, I just hate Brad Meltzer. <laughs> I, like I, I just look at that story, and it is everything that I despise in comics. Where this is just like I really want to know why this is the way that it is. I want. I really want to know, like, what were the decisions? What were the roadblocks? What What got it to this point? I I I'm not. I don't think we're ever gonna know. I, I think yeah, it's I gonna be a mystery I, forever. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a there's there's no shoot interviews of like retired comic book writers. We got to get some of them drunk and get them to sh- shoot their mouth off. There's no Let's see there, what what there, happens. There's no there's no cottage industry of like gossip videos for comic books as is, is there is as wrestling. Um. So Secret Empire. Uh, it was it was a comic book had Captain America in it. Eric and I were not are not fans. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in two weeks' time, uh, in our next Nerd Boy Book Club, we'd be dis- discussing the first three books of Saga of the Swamp Thing by Alan Moore, 
uh, Stephen Bissett and John, uh, John Totalbin. Um, this is this is the thing that put Alan Moore on the map, and it's the one big Alan Moore thing that I've not read, and I'm very interested to see what it's like. Um, you know, before Alan Moore, Swamp Thing was just a big horror monster, and then after Alan Moore, he was a very different thing, and I'm really interested to read that. We're going to be reading the first uh, three books of that. Um, read along with us for the discussion. I think I'll do it for us this week. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at com. Find links to everything there. Uh, our Facebook, facebook.com slash Hour. Twitter at HBC Hour. Uh, you can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Darman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Uh, you can uh, see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. And you can see... Uh, all the other things I get up to by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter, where I'm known on both as Easy Goodnight. With that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.